Welcome beyond our focus. I'm welcome beyond our focus. I'm Stefan. This is Amanda, and this is let's palaver about Wizard and Glass, the fourth novel in the Stephen King saga of books, The Dark Tower. We are in the fourth and final part of the book, on the I believe third chapter. I think yes. yep, third chapter. We're almost to the end. I'm getting there. We have the third, and then the fourth chapter, and we're done. Done. It's done. There There's an afterword. We'll combine it. There's no reason not to. There's really no reason not to. Because it's how many pages? No, we still have that one. Is there what? Yeah, there's Is there a fifth? one. There's not a fifth chapter. Yeah. You see, it's so tiny. It's so the tiny. Cast of the beam. Yeah. Okay, but the fourth, the fourth chapter is five pages. <laughs> it's five pages. That's too long. It's and too long. Path of the Beam. Let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten. It's ten pages. So and then the afterword is a page, One. two pages. <laughs> so yeah, I think we might just combine all of those. Yeah, that's fine. I think it's time to end this book. Hey, we're, we're, we're really done. We're done. We're done. We can combine the last two chapters and the afterword and have less than 20 pages. Right? <laughs> They will be alright. This one to itself is not very long no. either. So not very long. It, it has some events to it, but otherwise not. Yes, still longer than the next the next couple. Yes. Yeah, it's like fifteen pages. So or fourteen pages. Wow. So the last we left our crew is they put on their little red shoes, clicked their heels together, and the gate. Opened up and they went across the glass bridge. Yes. With Oi coming Staring over. Staring at himself. Yeah. So we'll pick up uh, chapter three, The Wizard. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Roland stopped at the sentry box, glanced in, then picked up the thing which was laying on the floor. The others caught up with him. And clustered around. It had looked like a newspaper, and that was just what it was. Although exceedingly odd one. No Topeka Capital Journal, this, and no news of population leveling plague. The daily, I assume this has buzz, such artistic weird font. See, the weird thing is, except, okay, it says the. I would think it says the Oz Daily Buzz. Yeah, but what I say? Yeah. No, you said you you said buzz, yeah. Yeah, the all daily buzz. That's my guess. Mm -hmm. It's just weird. I can't tell if that's a B at the end or. I read this part. The funny thing is that I read this part on my phone, and whoever did the editing for what I read mm -hmm. said it was the Oi Daily Buzz. It's definitely not the <laughs> Oi Daily Buzz. I guess they don't understand the difference between a cursive Z and a Y. Well, it's just like the Zs are right there too. So what? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, there'd be multiples of them that you think yeah. you'd figure it out. Unless the last the one is... The Oi Daily Boy. The Boy, yeah. Boy. Volume. I didn't figure it out. M-D-L-X-V-I-I-I. I don't even know. Yeah, I forget what all of them. I know the last yeah, bunch. I mean. <laughs> but I don't remember. I, M and D. 
there's one, I think M might be a thousand, D might be, I think, a hundred or five hundred, and then L, L is fifty. D might be a hundred, and it might be five. It's a, I don't know M and D. I don't remember. Mm. I know L is fifty. So fifty, sixty, eight, something sixty-eight. But number ninety-six, daily buzz, daily buzz. Handsome is as handsome does. Weather here today, gone tomorrow. Lucky numbers, non. It's just a separate thing. It's not one whole sentence. Yeah, I know, but I don't know that oh, word. Oh, prognosis. Prognosis. Bad. And then for the best part of the, the, the page here. <laughs> blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yak, 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 yak. I don't know if you guys can see this. I don't think you can, but it's right here. Blah, blah, blah. Good is bad. Bad is good. All the stuff's the same. Good is bad. Bad is good. All the stuff's the same. Go slow. Yeah, go slow past the drawers. All the stuff's the same. Blah, 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 blah. Blame is a pain. All the stuff's the same. Yak, yak, yak. Char you tree. All the stuff's the same. Blah, yak, blah, blah, yak, yak. Baked turkey, cooked goose. All the stuff's the same. Blah, blah, yak, yak. Ride a train. Die in pain. All the stuff's the same. Blah, 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 blah. Blame, 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 blame. Blah, 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 yak, yak, blah, 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 blah. Related story, page six. <laughs> the most informative page we've had in the entire book. Below this was a picture of Roland, Eddie, Susanna, and Jake crossing the mirrored courtyard as if this had happened the day before instead of only minutes ago. Beneath it was a caption reading, Tragedy in Oz. Travelers arrive seeking fame and fortune. Find death instead. I like that, Eddie said, adjusting Roland's revolver in the holster he wore low on his hip. Comfort and encouragement after days of confusion, like a hot drink on a cold night. Don't be afraid of this, Roland said. This is a joke. I'm not afraid, Eddie said, but it's a little more than a joke. I lived with Henry Dean for a lot of years, and I, won't, I know when there's a plot to psych me out afoot. I know it very well. He looked curiously at Roland. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but... You're the one who looks scared, Roland. I'm terrified, Roland said simply. Roland's like, I don't know what's going to happen in here. <laughs> I'm not particularly confident about what's going on here. This is a mystical, magical world thing, dream, whatever this is. This whole thing's odd. And it doesn't help that he just spent the last chapter in confusion. Everyone else knew what was going on, knew what everything was about, and Roland was sitting there going... Excuse me, I have questions. Yes, I don't know this this emerald palace that yeah. we have here. So he's he's already in confusion, and now everything's just getting more and more dark. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> so they reach the doors of the castle or palace or whatever you want to call it. Oh, says, Bell's out of order. Please knock it, said. Don't bother, she said to Roland, who had actually doubled up his fist to do as the sign said. It's from the story. That's all. <laughs> Eddie pulled her chair back slightly, stepped in front of it, and took a hold of the circular poles. The doors opened easily. So, yeah, just as easy as that. Easy peasy. And, of course, when walking to into an unknown place, the first thing that you do is you step in and just go, hey! 
I mean, Andy does. Because why not? You don't know. He's, He's user. Christ, Eddie said. Uh, so, yeah, so the sound of his voice rolled back the way it came and changed. Small, echoing, lost. Dying, it seemed. Christ, Eddie said. Do we have to do this? If we want to get back to the bean, I think so, Roland looked paler than ever. But he had led them in. Jake helped Eddie lift Susanna's chair over the sill, a milky block of jade-colored glass. And inside, always little shoes. <laughs> flashed dim red on the green glass floor that had gone only ten paces when the door slammed shut behind them with no question about it. Boom, that rolled past them and went echoing away into the depths of the green palace. Because that's always a good sign. It always happens. That's like so classic <laughs> horror movie or classic almost anything at these points. Yeah. You go in or this mysterious place and the door shuts by itself. Of course it does. Ah, it's great. It puts everybody on edge. There was no reception room, only a vaulted, cavernous hallway that seemed to go on forever. The walls were lit with a faint green glow. This is just like the hallway in the movie, Jake thought. The one where the cowardly lion got so scared when he stepped on his own tail. And adding a little extra touch of... Versimilitude? As good as Gethany. Jake could have done without. Eddie spoke up in a trembly and better than passable Bert Lahr imitation. Wait a minute, fellas. I was just thinking. I really don't want to see the wizard this much. I better wait for you outside. Stop it, Jake said sharply. Stop it, Oi agreed. He walked directly at Jake's heel, swinging his head watchfully. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie said. Really. He pointed. Look down there. About 40 yards ahead of them, the green corridor did end in a narrow green doorway of amazing height, perhaps 30 feet from the floor to its pointed tip, and from behind it, Jake could now hear a steady thrumming sound. As they drew closer and the sound grew louder, his dread grew. He had to make a conscious effort to take the last dozen steps to the door. He knew the sound. He knew it from the run he'd made with Gasher under Ludd, and from the run he and his friends had made on Blaine the Mono. It was the steady beat, beat, beat of slow trans engines. It's like a nightmare, he said in a small, close-to-tears voice. We're right back where we started. No, Jake, the gunslinger said, touching his hair. Never think it. What you feel is an illusion. Stand and be true. The sign on this door wasn't from the movie, and only Susanna knew it was from Dante. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here, it said. Roland reached out with his two-fingered right hand and pulled the 30-foot door open. End of chapter. Yes! That end! Good job! We made it. Uh, not quite. No. <laughs> just a couple more pages, I mean. Just a few. Just a few. What lay beyond it was, to the eyes of Jake, Suzanne, and Eddie, a weird combination of the Wizard of Oz and Blaine the Mono. A thick rug, pale blue like the one in the Barony coach, lay on the floor. The chamber was like the nave? Just a nave, huh? The nave of a cathedral. What part of uh, the cathedral would be in the nave, Amanda? I, I don't know. I would assume the ceiling. Because it said soaring to impenetrable, impenetrable heights of greenish black. So I assume it's like the huge vaulted ceilings. Like 
Okay. Sure, we'll go with it. It's good or to guess that, the name. Or that, like, open... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know these things. The I'm not going to claim to know these things. The pillars which supported the glowing walls were great glass ribs of alternating green and pink light. The pink was the exact shade of Blaine's hull. Jake saw the supporting pillars had been carved with a billion different images, none of them comforting. Uh, they jostled the eye and unsettled the heart. There seemed to be preponderance of screaming faces. Preponderance? That seems right. Ahead of them dwarfing the visitors, turning them into creatures that seemed no bigger than ants, was the chamber's only furnishing an enormous green glass throne. Which they have no way of knowing how tall it is. No. Because there's no frame of reference. All you can think of is the whole Alice in Wonderland thing where you suddenly seem really, really tiny. Which is the whole point of all of this. Uh, Above the throne, rising like pipes of a mighty medieval organ, there... Organ were 13 great cylinders, each pulsing a different color. Each that was save for the pipe which ran directly down the back of the throne center. That one was black as midnight and as still as death. And of course, your first reaction again is hey, anyone there? <laughs> but Susan's side. Susanna's side. Hey, we, we're in here. We know this is part of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Just come on, come on, show yourself. Come on. At the sound of her voice, the pipes flashed so brilliantly that Jake had to shield his eyes. For a moment, the entire throne room glared like an exploding rainbow. Then the pipes went out, went dark, went dead, just as the wizard's glass in Roland's story had done when the glass, or the force inhabiting it, decided to shut up for a while. Now there was only the column of blackness and the steady green pulse of the empty throne. Next, a somehow tired humming sound as, a, as of a very old servo mechanism began ca- being called into use one final time, began to whine its way into their ears. Panels, at each at least six feet long and two feet wide, slid open in the arms of the throne. From the black slots thus revealed, a rose-colored smoke began to drift out and up. As it rose, it darkened to a bright red, and in it, a terribly familiar zigzag line appeared. Jake knew what it was even before the words. Lud Candleton, Relea, the Falls of the Hounds, Dasherville, Topeka. Appeared, glowing smoke bright. It was Blaine's root mat. Roland could say all he wanted about how things had changed, how Jake's feeling of being trapped in a nightmare. This is the worst nightmare of my life, and that is the truth was just an illusion created by his confused mind and frightened heart, but Jake knew better. This place might look a little bit like the throne room of Oz, the Great and Terrible, but it was really Blaine the Mono. They were back aboard Blaine, and soon the riddling would begin all over again. Jake felt like screaming. Jake, you can have a pope a little, little, little quick here, buddy. <laughs> okay. Well, that was probably a horrible, horrible experience for the boy. Yeah, yeah. This is all here to <laughs> to mimic. To mimic. Uh, and he recognized the voice that boomed out of the smoky route map, route map hanging above the green throne. But he believed 
but he believed it was Blaine the Mono no more than he believed it was the Wizard of Oz. Some wizard, perhaps, but this wasn't the Emerald City, and Blaine was just as dead as Stalkrap. Eddie had sent him home with a rapture. Rapture. Or rapture. Why not? <laughs> Either Woo! way. Hello there again, little trail hands. Oh, God. Not again. Don't do it. We have to keep just get, we have to we have to keep going. Nope. Uh, the smoky route map pulsed, but Eddie no longer associated it with the voice, although he guessed they were supposed to. No, the voice was coming from the pipes. He glanced down, saw Jake's piper white face, and knelt beside him. It's crap, kid, he said. No no no, it's Blaine, not dead. He's dead alright. This is nothing but an amplified version of the after-school announcements. Who's got detention and who's supposed to report to room six for speech therapy? You dig? What? Jake looked up at him, lips wet and trembling, eyes dazed. What do you... Those pipes are speakers. Even a pip squeak can sound big through... Through a 12-speaker double sound system. Don't you remember the movie? It has to sound big because it's a humbug or bum hug, Jake. Just a bum hug. What are you telling him, Eddie of New York? One of your stupid, nasty-minded little jokes? One of your unfair riddles? Yes. <laughs> this is another thing. It's like, why would why would you believe this part is Blaine? We've already gone over the whole Wizard of Oz thing. Yeah. We've gotten to the throne room. Come on. It's exactly like everything from the movie so far. So why wouldn't this be as well? I don't know. I think, as I said, I think Jake's just kind of slipping back into his horrifying experience with Blaine. He's still a kid. He's still a kid. <laughs> yeah, Eddie said, this one goes, how many dipolar computers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Who are you, buddy? I know just as well you're not Blaine the motto. So who... Are you? I am Oz! Yeah, sure. The voice thundered. The glass columns flashed. So did the pipes behind the throne. Oz the Great! Oz the Powerful! Who are you? <sighs> Susanna rolled forward with her wheelchair to the base of the dull green steps leading up to the throne. That would have dwarfed even Lord Perth. I'm Susanna Dean, the small... And crippled, she said. And I was raised to be polite, but not to suffer bullcrap. We're here because we're supposed to be here. Why else would we have been uh, get left the shoes? What do you want of me, Susanna? What would you have, little cowgirl? You know, she said, we want everybody once, so far as I know, to go back home again. Because there's no place like home. We, you can't go home, Jake said. He spoke in a rapid, frightening, frightened murmur. You can't go home again. Thomas Wolfe said that. And that is the truth. It's a lie, Shug, Susanna said. A flat-out lie. You can go home again. All you have to do is find the right rainbow and walk under it. We found it. The rest is just, you know, footwork. Would you go back to New York, Susanna Dean? Eddie Dean? Jake Chambers? Is that what you ask of... Oz? The mighty? The and powerful? 
New York isn't home for us anymore, Susanna said. She looked very small yet very fearless as she sat in her new wheelchair at the foot of the enormous pulsing throne. No more than Gilead is the home for Roland. Take us back to the path of the beam. That's where we want to go because that's our way home. Only way home we got. Go away, cried the voice from the pipes. Go away and come back tomorrow. We'll discuss the beam then. Fiddle-dee-dee, said Scarlet. We'll talk about the beam tomorrow, for tomorrow is another day. No, Eddie said. We'll talk about it now. Do not arouse the wrath of the great and powerful eyes. I mean, can you... Can really, buddy? <laughs> is anyone really supposed to believe the great and powerful laws? Even see, Susanna said that it looked like a salesman selling a kid's toy. <laughs> Sugar, you best listen now, Susanna said. What you don't want to do is arouse the wrath of folks with guns, especially when you be living in a glass house. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like, this whole place is just glass. We have, we have, we have very <laughs> hard-firing calibers here. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you throw stones in glass houses, right? Mm-hmm. I said, come back tomorrow. Red smoke once more began to boil out of the slots in the arms of the throne. It was thicker now. The shape which had been Blaine's map melted apart and joined it. The smoke formed a face this time. It was narrow and hard and watchful, framed by long hair. It's the man Roland shot in the desert, Susanna thought wonderingly. It's, the man, is, it's that man Jonas. I know it is. Now Oz spoke in a slightly trembling voice. Do you presume to threaten the great Oz? The lips of a huge smoky face hovering over the throne seat parted in a snarl of mingled menace and contempt. You ungrateful creatures! Oh, you ungrateful creatures! Eddie, who knew smoke and mirrors when he saw them, had glanced in another direction. His eyes widened and he gripped Susanna's arm above the elbow. Look, he whispered. Christ, Suze, look! Something we should have been doing the whole time yeah. because we've already seen the movie. We already know this is exactly what happens. Look at Oi. The Billy Bumbler had no interest in And is it even the little Toto. dog that does it yeah, too? Yeah, Toto, <laughs> Toto goes behind the curtain and I think starts pulling on, or he just pull, starts pulling on the curtain and like actually opens it. <gasps> Whether they were monorail maps, dead coffin hunters, or just Hollywood special effects of the pre-World War II variety, he had seen, or smelled, something that was more interesting. Susanna grabbed Jake, turned him, and pointed at the bumbler. She saw the boy's eyes widen with understanding a moment before Oi reached the small alcove in the left wall. It was screened from the main chamber by a green curtain which matched the glass walls. Oi stretched his long neck forward, caught the curtain's fabric in his teeth, and yanked it back. So yeah, this is pretty much <laughs> the same thing that happened in the movie. But Toto. this is something they should have been looking for. Yes. Again, this is exactly like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Behind the curtain, red and green lights flash. Cylinders spun inside glass boxes. Needles moved back and forth inside long rows of lighted dials. Yet Jake barely noticed these things. It was a man who took all his attention. The one sitting at the console, his back to them, his filthy hair streaked 
With dirt and blood hung to his shoulders in a matted clumps, he was wearing some sort of headset and was speaking into a tiny mic which hung from the front of his mouth. His back was to them, and at first he had no idea that Oi had smelled him out and uncovered his hiding place. Go! thundered the voice from the pipes. Except now, Jake, <laughs> Jake saw where it was really coming from. Come back tomorrow, if you like. But go now. I warn you. Hey, except we're looking at you, buddy. Here's the thing. Is that... You'd think... He would have had, like, a camera. <laughs> it's one of those things, like... Being, being able to see them... And interact with mm-hmm. them would make more sense than just... Talking blindly into smoke. Having a control room that's literally not in the same room or back hidden somewhere makes it... But this is supposed to be exactly like Oz for some reason. Yeah. Well, I, I just meant as far as you have people who are literally able to sneak up behind you when you think there'd be some kind of camera in the throne room watching the entire scene to help you control what's going on. But again, this is exactly like Oz. Exactly. Down to even I think this is exactly the same. Yes. So... Because he keeps talking while Toto is just staring at him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, even distorted by the amplification of the color of pipes, he had recognized the voice. How could he have ever believed it to be the voice of Blaine? I warn you, if you refuse... Oi barked a sharp and somehow forbidding sound. The man in the equipment alcove began to turn. Tell me, Cully, Jake remembered, his voice saying before its owner had discovered it. The dubious attractions of amplification. Tell me all you know about dipolar computers and transitive circuits. Tell me and I'll give you a drink. It wasn't Jonas, and it wasn't Wizard of Anything. It was David Quick's grandson. It was the TikTok Man. So yes, we have now... We Which, now know the fate. If of the we TikTok. remember, who, who who helped the TikTok man? Who brought the TikTok man <laughs> along with them? Hmm, I wonder. We'll find out what, what happened like, to him. Oh, that's right. He got shot in the face. Yeah, yeah, he did get shot in the face. It wasn't good. After Oi scratched out his eyeball. Yes, Oi scratched out his eyeball. He got shot in the face, and. Should have died. Yes, Jake apparently forgot the rule of zombie land of double Double tap. tap. Exactly. (laughs) Jake stared at him, horrified. The coiled, dangerous creature who had lived beneath Lud with his mates, Gasher and Hoots and Brandon and Tilly, was gone. This might have been that monster's ruined father or grandfather. His left eye, the one Oi had punctured with his claws, bulged white and misshapen partly in its socket and partly on its unshaven cheek. The right side of his head looked half-scalped, the skull showing through in a long, triangular strip. Jake had a distant, panic, darkened memory of a flap of skin falling over the side of TikTok's face, but he had been on the edge of hysteria by that point, and was again now. Oi had also recognized the man who had tried to kill him and was barking hysterically, head down, teeth bared, backed bowed. TikTok stared at him with wide, stunned eyes. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, said a voice from behind him. So this, it worked this way, I think, as yeah. well. But it didn't, and this is when the things start, things start changing. 
Well, the, the thing is, is that there he that line is spoken in the movie, but it's spoken by the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was saying this is where things yeah. now start. Cha- this is now officially we're about to change directions. From behind them, and then tittered. My friend Andrew is having another in a long series of bad days. Poor boy. I suppose I was wrong to bring him out of blood, but he just looks so lost. The owner of the voice tittered again. Jake swung around and saw that there was now a man sitting in the middle of the great throne with his legs casually crossed in front of him. He was wearing jeans, a dark jacket that belted at the waist, and old run-down cowboy boots. On his jacket was a button that showed a pig's head with a bullet hole between the eyes. In his lap, this newcomer held a drawstring bag. He rose, standing in the seat of the throne like a child in daddy's chair, and the smile dropped away from his face like loose skin. Now his eyes blazed and his lips parted over vast, hungry teeth. Get them, Andrew. Get them. Kill them. Every one of them. My life for you, the man in the alcove screamed, and for the first time Jake saw the machine gun propped in the corner. Tick-tock sprang for it and snatched it up. My life for you. Exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> he turned, and Oi was on him once again, leaping forward and upward, sinking his teeth in deep into the TikTok's left thigh, just below the crotch. Well, even if, even if he somehow survives this, there's main arteries right there, so Oi's always... <laughs> I think like, Oi's got him. <laughs> you know what, we're not going to leave to that. <laughs> Eddie and Susanna drew in unison... Each raising one of Roland's big guns, they fired in concert. Concert. Even not even the smallest overlap in the sound of their shots. One of them tore off the top of Tick Top's misshapen head, bared itself in the equipment, and created a loud but merciful brief snarl of feedback. The other took him in the throat. Yeah, he's not coming. This is yeah. the double tap right here. He's not coming back. So for all the buildup of but somehow TikTok, he still walks. Yeah, for a few steps before collapsing dead. But all the buildup of the TikTok man, him coming back after all this time. He didn't, do anything, he didn't do nothing the first time, really. No, he beat up a little kid. Yes, he beat up a little kid. He killed some people in a room. And he bullied everybody until finally someone took him out. Yes, till Roland. Yeah. Or Oi and Roland took him out. Yes. I thought it was Jake who shot him. Was it Jake? I thought it was... Because Roland know. would have killed, made sure he was dead. I don't remember. It was so, the last book. I, he, I know he got shot in the face. I don't yeah. remember who did it. Because I thought Jake freaked out and sh- actually shot him. And then he, when Roland asked what happened, he said, I killed him. And so Roland didn't bother to check. He just... I don't know. I'll take your word. I don't, I don't remember. So. It's it's the mistake in every zombie movie ever where someone says, it's okay, I killed them. And then they walk <laughs> off. And then next thing you know, that person's, oh, nope, they're not dead. They're not dead, of course. They're not dead. <laughs> but all, once again, all this build up just for him to be shot within, in, like, what, a paragraph? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely useless. But King's specialty. Yes. Not understanding how to end <laughs> characters. Not understanding how to, to have a good build-up and to actually get rid of important characters in a, a book. He just not... At least not in these books. <laughs> not very good at it. Occasionally, some people get good. But for the most part, it's like, ah, that's not a good ending there, no. King. Thus fell Lord Perth. 
And the earth did shake with that thunder, said the man on the throne. Except he's not a man, Jake thought. Not a man at all. We found the wizard at last, I think. And I'm pretty sure I know what's in the bag he has. Martin, Roland said, and held out his left hand. The one which was... Still whole. Martin Broadcloak. After all these years, after all these centuries, well, we, we're really going to say centuries. Yeah. Roland, how old are you, buddy? <laughs> oh, want this, Roland? Eddie put the gun he had used to kill the talk TikTok man in Roland's hand. A tendril of blue smoke was still rising from the barrel. Roland looked at the old revolver as if he had never seen it before then slowly lifted it and pointed it at the grinny, rosy-cheeked figure sitting cross-legged in the green palace throne. Finally, Roland breathed, thumbed back the trigger, finally in my sights. When did he sit back down? When did we, he get up? Because we clearly described him as standing on the chair of the throne. Did we? Yeah. No, we didn't. Yes. No, they said he was sitting. No, I read it. Okay, well, let's it go says, back. It says... Okay. Because I read it, and he said... Okay, well, show me where you read it. I read it. Okay. It said, he rose, standing in the seat of the throne like a child in daddy's chair. Oh, and I guess then he sat back when, down. And then that's when he goes, kill him. Well, I guess he sat back down. I, I guess so. I don't remember him standing, but no. I guess he did. For a moment, he sat <laughs> back down, okay? That six-shooter will do you no good, as I think you know, the man on the throne said. Not against me. Only misfires against me, Roland, old fellow. How's the family, by the way? I seem to have lost touch with them over the years. I was always such a lousy correspondent. Someone ought to take a hosswhip to me. I so they should. He threw back his head and laughed. Roland pulled the trigger of the gun in his hand. When the hammer fell, there was only a dull click. Because of course, still only misfires. Just like, what was it? I think it was in the, was the first book there was misfires? I think so, because that's the only time they've met him, I thought. Yeah, I think so because he tried. He's tried before, and they just the gun will does not work against him. Because I want to say when he finally meets the man in black in the first book, yeah. he, that's the first thing he does is try to kill. Well, I think he tries to get information out of him, and then tries to kill him. So, <laughs> told you, the man on the throne said, "I think you must have gotten some of those wet slugs in there by accident, don't you? The ones with the flat powder, good for blocking the sound of the thinny, but not so good for shooting old wizards, are they? Too bad." And your hand, Rowan, look at your hand. Short a couple fingers by the look. My, this has been hard on you, hasn't it? Things could e get easier, though. You and your friends could have a fine, fruitful life. And as Jake would say, that is the truth. No more lobstrosities, no more mad trains, no more disquieting, not to mention dangerous trips to other worlds. All you have to do is give over this stupid and hopeless quest for the tower. No, Eddie said. No, Susanna said. No, Jake said. No, Oi said, and added a bark. The dark man on the green throne continued to smile unperturbed. Roland, he asked. What about you? Slowly, he raised the drawstring bag. It looked dusty and old. It hung from the wizard's fist like a teardrop. And now the thing in its pouch began to pulse with pink light. Cry off, and they need never see what's inside this. They need never see the last scene of that sad long-ago play. Cry off, 
Turn from the tower and go your way. No, Roland said. He began to smile, and as his smile broadened, that of the man sitting on the throne began to falter. You can enchant my guns, those of this world, I reckon, he said. Roland, I don't know what you're thinking of, laddie, but I warn you not to... Oh, I knew what he was thinking. <laughs> I knew exactly what he was thinking. Not to cross Oz the Great, Oz the Powerful, but I think I will, Martin, or Merlin, or whoever you call yourself now. Flag, actually, the man on the throne said, and we've met before. He smiled. Instead of broadening his face as smiles usually did, it contracted Flag's features into a narrow and spiteful grimace. In the wreck of Gilead, you and your surviving pals, that laughing donkey Cuthbert Allgood, made one of your party. I remember, and De Curry, the fellow with the birthmark, made another. We're on your way west to, fell to seek the tower, or in the parlance of Jake's world, you are off to see the wizard. I know you saw me, but I doubt you knew until now that I saw you as well. And will again, I reckon, Roland said. Unless, that is, I kill you now and put an end to your interference. See, I like, see the men, men are like, like likable. Yes. I, I really want, again, I can't wait for the series. To eventually, yeah. if, if they could do it remotely decent, I want, it'd be interesting to see how they portray the man in black. He's yes. a very interesting character, almost eccentric, but kind of likable, but doesn't fear anything. Yeah. It's, just... it's like he has expressions and like he has expressions and he's sarcastic, but you can tell that things do catch him off guard. He's just he shows it in a split second and then quickly just comes back with something else. And it just makes him interesting and it, I yeah. His meddlings and everything. <laughs> yeah. The way he somehow pretty much just shows up and tells you what you don't know is I had a play or part in all of this. And you're just going to have to figure out where it was at. He's going to part a lot of I thought the cats were talking. <laughs> yeah, something's going on. Still honing his gun out in his left hand, he went for the one tucked in the waistband of his jeans. Jake's Ruger. A gun from another world, and perhaps immune to this creature's enchantments. With his right, and he was fast as he has always been fat. And he was fast as he had always been fast. His speed blinding. Uh, the man on the throne shrieked, cringed back. The bag fell from his lap, and the glass ball, once held by Rhea, once held by Jonas, once held by Roland himself, slipped out of its mouth. Mouth of the bag, is. Smoke, green this time instead of red, billowed from the slots of the arms of the throne. It rose in obscuring fumes, yet Roland still might have shot the figure disappearing into the smoke if he had made a clean draw. He didn't, however. The Ruger slid in the grip of his reduced hand, then twisted. The front sight caught the belt buckle. It took only an extra quarter second for him to free the snag, but that was the quarter second he had needed. He pumped three shots into the billowing smoke, then ran forward, oblivious of the shouts of these others. Who are they shouting? Stop, Roland, don't I do guess, it! You know, maybe don't go chase this guy. Uh, 
Yeah, that was when a uh, good old uh, Martin there is like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, I I may know almost everything. I did not expect that though. So expected enough of it to know what gun it was and what he was doing, knowing that he needed to go. Like, and it's probably time for me to leave. I think we've had a good talk. Peace out. <laughs> so, uh, Roland fatally wounded the chair. He did. Um, he did fatally wound the chair. The chair, chair's, it's a, it's a goner. Roland found himself already beginning to wonder if he or it had been there in the first place. The ball was still there, however, unharmed and glowing the same enticing pink he remembered from so long ago. From Magus, when he had been young and in love. The survivor of Merlin's rainbow had rolled almost to the edge of the throne seat, two more inches, and it would have plunged over and shattered on the floor. Yet it had not. Still it remained, this bewitched thing Susan Delgado had first glimpsed through the window of Rhea's hut under the light of the kissing moon. Roland picked it up. How well it fit in his hand now, how natural it felt against his palm, even after all these years, and looked into its cloudy, troubled depths. You always did have a charmed life, he whispered to it. He thought of Rhea as he had seen her in this ball, her ancient laughing eyes. He thought of the flames from the reap night bonfire rising around Susan, making her beauty shimmer in the heat, making it shiver like a mirage. Wretched glam, he thought, if I dashed you to the floor, surely we would drown in the sea of tears that would pour out of your split belly, the tears of all those you put to ruin. And why not do it? Left whole, the nasty thing might be able to help them back to the path of the beam, but Roland didn't believe they actually needed it. He thought that TikTok and the creature which had called itself Flag had been their last challenge in that regard. The Green Palace was their door back to Midworld, and it was theirs now. They had conquered it by force of arms. But you can't go yet, gunslinger. Not until you've finished your story, told the last scene. Whose voice was that? Venet's? No. Court's? No. Nor was it the voice of his father, who had once turned him naked out of the whore's bed. That was the hardest voice, the one he had often heard in his troubled dreams, the one he wanted so to please and so seldom could. No, not that voice. Not this time. This time, what he heard was the voice of Ka. Ka like a wind. He had told so much of that awful fourteenth year, but he hadn't finished the tale. As with Detta Walker and the Blue Lady's four-special plate, there was one more thing, a hidden thing. The question wasn't, he saw, whether or not the five of them could find their way out of the Green Palace and recover the path of the beam. The question was whether or not they could go on as Ketet. If they were to do that, there could be nothing hidden. He would have to tell them of the final time he had looked into the wizard's glass in that long-ago year. Three nights past the welcoming banquet it had been. He would have to tell them... No, Roland, the voice whispered. Not just tell. Not this time. You know better. Yes, he knew better. Come, he said, turning to them. They drew slowly around him, their eyes wide and filling with the ball's flashing pink light. Already they were half hypnotized by it, even Oi. We are, Katet, Roland said, holding the ball toward them. We are from one from many. I lost my one true love at the beginning of my quest for the Dark Tower. Now look into this wretched thing, if you would, and see what I lost not long after. See it once and for all. See it very well. They looked. 
The ball, cupped in Roland's upraised hands, began to pulse faster. It gathered them in and swept them away. Caught and whirled in the grip of that pink storm, they flew over the wizard's rainbow to the Gilead that had been. Ah, cliffhanger! Chapter 4. The Glass. And we have reached another chapter where it is all italicized, meaning that we are floating through the, you know, wizard's rainbow again. Yeah, we're just kind of actually see what's happening. We're going to finally get this last tale in these next few pages. So again, there's not much of anything. And then chapter five, The Path to the Beam. Which again, I think we're going to read the, the remainder <laughs> of the book. Because there's very little left yeah. of the remainder of the book. Even with the afterward, whatever that is. It looks like a little so we may not even have post-credit to worry about scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really anything. So, really just these last two chapters, which, again... It's about as long as this one chapter was. Is 15 pages. And that's, I think, even with some of the other crap. So, yeah, there's very little left. <laughs> so, we will finish up next week. Chapters 4 and 5. The glass and then whatever I said. The path, the path of, of the beam. Which will lead us into... Wind through the keyhole. I was going to say the call because technically it does. Yes. But Techn- <laughs> wind through the keyhole is Te- Technically, if you were to read them as they were released, yes, it would lead you to Wolves of Kala. But there's a little tiny little side story. It's kind of like watching a series and they have those filler episodes where there's kind of something thrown in that might relate, but otherwise it has nothing to do with the main. So we'll be taking a little sidestep. For a few weeks. I'm still not positive exactly how we're doing it. But we'll figure <laughs> it out and let you know next week since we'll be going into it the week after. Yes. It's, it's interesting. I, I I know I enjoyed it. I'm hoping you yeah. get something it's out one of thing, it. I mean. one, the one thing I've not read <laughs> at all. So. But. Oh! I think we're good. It was a good chapter. We got to see our good old friend the man in black again yeah i keep just popping up over and over again just randomly here and there going by a million and one different names yeah, he's, he's a great and powerful it's great and powerful let's see walter martin merlin flag flag and then for some reason there is some weird confusion of whether or not they are actually the same dude like well i think i was more set by Again, I think the the first book. And yeah. After changing a few things in the first book with the redo, it more clarifies that they really they are all the same person. Yeah. He is the same dude. He's just kind of like Roland, where he is ageless at the moment. He's not yeah. given an age. They're both old as dirt. <laughs> Dinosaurs. Pretty much. I mean, he said centuries in here. Yeah. I don't know. There's some pretty badass dinosaurs though. So. Uh, Roland can kill anything. Okay. Oh. Fourteen-year-old Roland could almost kill anything. So. He's tough. He with a diminished hand. <sighs> but, as always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach me at KZ Pub. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus everywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Just don't trust the wizard. 
Yeah, wizards seem to be evil. If a wizard comes up to you and says, hey, we have access to this podcast, it's not worth it. <laughs> now, if you meet a real wizard, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> there are many things I need to steal from him, like all this magic. You're like, no, immortality. Bring me to your Papa. No, oh, jeez. Let me learn her secrets. Oh, it's cross universe here. I uh, think no, we're better off going. Let's go to Granny. Was it, uh, Granny was better. Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, uh, Zimbabwe, 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 Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. It's Zimbabwe. It starts with a Z. It's a, yeah. It's a Yo Baba, and I think it's like Zobaba or Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe or something like that. It's, I feel like it's so long ago, but it was like what last? Yeah, it was like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't that long, but I forget your name. It doesn't matter. We're moving on. Any final thoughts before we move on? No, I think we're good. Till next time! Long day.